Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I'm chatting with Aaron Fragnito today. He's the co-founder of People's Capital Group, host of New Jersey Real Estate Network, a licensed New Jersey realtor, and a full-time real estate investor. He has completed over 250 real estate transactions, totaling more than $40 million in real estate in his career. I want to chat with him about why partnership is needed to grow your business and how to find right partner. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you, uh, Aaron? Oh, pretty good. Alpesha, hanging out, feeling a little under the weather, as we we're saying, but I'll, I'll survive yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, but you are here, right? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I don't think it's the coronavirus. I think I'm going to No, it. no. It's, it's the corona beer. Yeah, it's a good problem. <laughs> uh, I've felt that sick before, but no, not this time. I think I just got the flu, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, hope hope you feel better. So, how did you get in real estate? Well, uh, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad initially, and so, that's, you know, so common, right? Everyone so, you drank the blue pill as well, right? Like yeah, I do, yeah. and most of my... Oh, guests as well. They all read the Rich Dad Poor Dad. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the purple book there. Yeah. So, uh, and I read that. I, I read that around the end of college. So I graduated from Rowan University in 2009 uh, as an entrepreneurial major, and uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I just uh, I remember I would. Uh, it was a really terrible uh, job market to be graduating into, and the only company hiring at the job fair I remember was Enterprise Rent a Car, and they said I could. Uh, get a job and work my way up. And by the time I was 65, maybe, maybe retire if I'm lucky. And uh, <laughs> I just didn't, you know, seem like the pathway I wanted. I, I did want to be an entrepreneur and I did want to uh, create my own business. And I realized I had a passion for real estate, owning big commercial real estate. And I just had no idea how to do it and no money. So that was a uh, two challenges there, but I, uh, you know, I, I made a list of how to get there, you know, and I said, okay, well, I want to create you know, a million dollars of cash flow, or actually, I think I said I want to create a million dollars in net worth and a hundred thousand dollars of cash flow a year. And I said, I worked out and list, okay, I got to make connections, save money, figure out the business, um, you know, uh, start teaming up with people with deeper pockets than me and earning their, yes. uh, their trust. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I realized, so getting started as a realtor is actually probably the best way to get started. You know, so I got yeah. my real estate license went back home and got my real estate license and started as a realtor. And, made about $500 in my first uh, six months, you know, really tough market. No, one was, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I eventually made some good money doing that, developed a team at Remax and that helped me make my initial earnings and commissions. So I could buy a six family with Seth Martinez, who's my uh, Seth Martinez, who's my partner today. Oh, okay. So uh, you just mentioned about partner. How did you find your current partner? Well, I was Seth's realtor at first and no other realtors would work with him because <clears throat> all of his offers were so low uh, that, <laughs> you know, all the other realtors like it's a waste of time. <laughs> uh, but, but that you know, means like he knows him. what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's doing, right? Everyone else, like, you know, those realtors who like, you say, oh, I want to submit this offer. And they're like, oh, well, that's below list price. I'm worried we'll insult the seller. 
You're right. like, who are you working for? You know, right, so exactly. a lot of realtors like that. So basically, I was never that agent. I was always, I'm working for the buyer. If the seller's not a little insulted from your initial offer, it's probably too high. Too high. <laughs> yeah, so. you, you have to get a counter, right? If you don't, yeah. then that's something wrong. <laughs> right, right. Well, you don't want to set the negotiating bar like super high off the bat. You want right. to start low. So. And uh, so basically, I, I started submitting a lot of offers for them. I had developed a team. Uh, you know, I had an assistant. So I could kind of develop a system where it was pretty easy to move the offers forward right. and get that going. And um, then, you know, we started working really well together. And uh, he had sold a medical billing business um, in uh, New York City. And he had, was using that money to buy buildings, small buildings, twos and threes and small multifamilies. And, uh, but we realized we worked really well with each other. We complimented each other's weaknesses and strengths and we um bought a uh, six unit property together we uh renovated it we refinanced our money back we leased it all up you know refinanced our cash back out plus a little cash on top and we we're off to the races built up to about 100 units over five years and when was this well we bought our first building around 2012 okay okay great so uh did you partner with others before you met set Sure, I had a, a flip. So I, my first partner was a fix and flip. And uh, boy, like I totally hired the wrong partner. Classic story. The guy had a, a company that coached other businesses on how to succeed and he filed bankruptcy. So it was pretty ironic. No way. Yeah. yeah. So wow. I met this guy at some RIA, some networking event, and I decide he's a good guy to team up with. And right. I was a little desperate, you know, getting started in the industry. And he was That's what happens when you're desperate, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he had no money, no credit. He couldn't right. sign anything. I had to do, you know. And then he ended up just getting the wrong insurance for the property and then stealing money from the account. And I had to like, oh my God. Off deed yeah I really mean, quick claim yeah. of the deed wow we, we so. caught him stealing and he so. was like basically like all right you know i don't have to tell you i'm not going to give you the money back but i'll cooperate with quit claiming a deed wow and, uh, you know so i learned at that point you got to pick your partners and really right. try to work with people that are you know, successful and have a track record of success not people that are complete losers so did you have, have worked with other partners before you had, you built this successful, you know, partnership? Uh, you know, that was my, pretty much my horror story okay. as far as bad partners. Um, I pretty quickly met Seth and, you know, I guess I only had to learn that lesson once. Um, although I have taken on money partners right. and given them voting rights that ended yes. up not panning out. So that's been another scenario. Oh, really? Point. What happened? In that scenario. <laughs> well, we, we gave voting rights to a very uh, wealthy investor. And then at the refinance table, he said, no, nope, I'm not going to sign. Um, oh, I, want more wow. money. I want this amount of money. I want this amount of equity. And we realized we had our backs up against the wall. And, um, you know, we didn't really have the right attorney. We do the operating agreement for us. One of those scenarios where we kind of jumped into right. like, eight I properties with a, with a high net worth individual who was a little more experienced in business at the time. And uh, just... Um, totally signed the wrong documents and got, you know, pretty much taken for uh, on a number of properties. And, yeah. uh, you know, we recognized that day that uh, some individual's money isn't worth it. You know, if you can't trust Right, right. Like that. And that, that's a great le lesson, right? Because you and I are in this business for a while. Um, and, and then we do, uh, I, even I do joint venture partnership take, right? But also I raise capital for, you know, small multifamily to large multifamily. So, and, and then I've learned that, yeah, if you are bringing high net worth individual people, you know, the person who knows this, mm -hmm. then 
it's better to have them as passive because mm-hmm. you know and just you know let them you know participate in the equity right instead of uh, giving them voting rights and you know <laughs> 100% and that's why we structure our syndication just like that today you know our investors are non-voting members they're passive investors 100% and that really is better because you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. And exactly, you know, we're, we're professionals yeah. of what we do. We have our own management company. Yeah. We have a system in place. And quite frankly, when other investors want to help pick out the next tenant or whatever color we're going to paint the lobby, it just gets in the way and slows things down. So right. it's better right. to have just like a company, you need yeah. decision makers. And you know? it, it, it's win-win, right? So even yeah. for them, they don't have to actually involved actively right it's all passive uh, and they can still tag along right if they want to learn uh, exactly so yeah. it, it makes mean, sense yeah. so what makes your partnership work well I, I think seth and i really do complement each other's uh, is that complement each other's weaknesses is that the saying or is it complement each other's strengths i always get yeah. that confused yeah so yeah uh, strengths right strengths. okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh it's uh, yeah basically you know i'm a good public speaker i enjoy sales and marketing i can tell thank you and uh, i'm most comfortable in front of a room full of people yeah. you know selling my products so that's where Seth definitely isn't comfortable. Um, Seth's very comfortable managing a job site, managing a management company, uh, making systems in the business that work really well, whether we're here or not. Um, so he's good at working and creating systems in the business and creating operations into the business, which is so technical. And really for guys like me that like to just do the, do the marketing, do the uh, public speaking and be out there. We're more like big picture guys. Type right. B. And then Seth is definitely more type A where he analyzes the incoming buildings initially and just deals with the property management much more closely. And you know, the day to day operations are so important as syndication. Oh yes. Your, yes. Your work starts when you buy the building, you know? Yeah. The operations are the key, right? I means of course every aspect uh, is important, like uh, finding the deal, underwriting, due diligence, operations, but after you get the deal, after you get the money, you got to deliver, right? And that's the, you know, operations is the biggest uh, or the most important aspect. And, mm-hmm. and just to add uh, to what you had done with Sage, I have an IT consulting business and we did the same. I have another partner and I had never partnered with anyone, but somehow mm-hmm. I stumbled upon him, right? And then he was at that point and he is still, he's, a, he's the speaker, he can, you know, talk and, and find business, but I was the one who could deliver, right? So I was in that business, I was the hands-on mm-hmm. all the time on my toes, working with the client and the vendors, et cetera, and delivering. Mm-hmm. But now the script has flipped. When I moved into real estate, I had to, I like doing the, you know, uh, speaking part. Mm-hmm. And I prefer that I hand over operations to you know, good operators, as well as I have VA who can take care of the day-to-day stuff, right? So, sure, sure. so it's interesting, you know, when you mentioned, but how the, you know, uh, when you move from a business to another, how things could change, right? Mm-hmm. It's even your personality changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Seth and I can fill in our jobs for each other at the right times too. You know, if I need right. to manage a contractor, or I need to go out with right. none, review a situation on a property or something, I can I could do that or underwrite a building. And if Seth needs to meet with an investor and explain our investment opportunities and how it works for them, he can do that as well. You know, but we, we definitely have our specialties 
and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it works. Uh, it's worked out for ten years, you know. And uh, I definitely had the bad experiences with uh, right. a couple of types of partners. So <laughs> you know, it's kind of like dating, having a couple bad relationships. With yes, them. yes, <laughs> yeah. Partnership is like a marriage, right? It's so, really so is. you got to find the right partner. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but the good thing is you learn the lessons from the bad marriage, right? So that that's yeah. the that's the important piece here right you may not find the right person in, in very first time right mm-hmm. but as long as you learn from those mistakes you know when when you see someone right that yeah, this is the right person <laughs> kind of know what you're looking for too you yeah. know i think oh, the first yes. time you know first time i teamed up with someone i was just at a networking event and the guy was impressed with yeah. me and wanted to flip a house and i was like sure where do i sign you know and um <laughs> totally got taken so you know know All what you're right. looking for if i knew the type of partner i was That's looking for i wouldn't have teamed up with him. That's a great advice. So why is partnership important? Uh, can't you do this alone or can't Sage do this alone? <laughs> I know there are guys that are, you know, kind of the head honchos in their company and they just have support staff. But I, right. I think for the most part, any good syndication is run with a partnership, just like any good company kind of right. has a CEO and a COO. CFO, and, yeah, know, CFO, CIO. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's, it's when you're building a small business, uh, you really need another person to bounce ideas off of, you know, right. Seth is looking at a property for two years and he's in touch with the seller and he's building rapport with them and he's going to the property. He's trying to make the deal work. And then he brings me in on the deal, uh, right before we're about to do the letter of intent. And I underwrite it again. Uh, I'm going to look at it with different eyes than he did. Right. And right. I'm going to be more pessimistic really, um, than he will be because he's kind of, yeah, falling in love he's the him. one. Yes. Right. right. Um, and that just happens. So by when you're making big, big decisions on commercial real estate, you really have to see the value of the building. We look at so many buildings. So by having another, you know, experienced mind to bounce properties off of or right. strategies of business, it's, it's so important. Uh, you know, we, we're in contact every single day. You know, it really is, is a marriage because, and you have to know your roles and kind of stay in uh-huh, your lane uh-huh. the same way. Yeah. you know, and support the other persons as best you can. But, you know, we're not afraid to tell each other, hey, you know, you need to get this done, you know, or uh, hey, you know, what, what about right. this thing that you know, we talked about having that done last week? You know, obviously respectfully, but, right. you know, we'll, we're, we're, um, we can push each other as well in the right ways. Right, right. So, so you should be open to the feedback, right? And not get offended. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So can you give us an example, maybe your last deal or any other deal where, having the partner, you know, made sense or helped you deliver, right? Or maybe you, you backed out from that deal because, you know, one of you found, you know, let's just said thought this is a great deal, but then you found, oh, this does not make sense just because of this. Oh, yeah. If you have yeah, an example. I mean, Sorry, I'm putting time. you on spot there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I can think of a building we were looking at, a $13 million building, and Seth had been, you know, really wow. chasing it down for some time. And, uh, he showed it to me before making the letter of intent. And I was, um, unfortunately, I had to rain on his parade and say, you know, no, we're overpaying for the property and here, you know, X, Y, and Z is why. Um, so, you know, that's just a good example of us kind of pushing ideas off each other. Same thing with the other way sometimes, you know, as far as with fundraising, I tend to be uh, very um, open to people. I, I'm always available for phone calls and right. emails and meetings. And in fact, you kind of want to be a little less available. Um, <laughs> so people appreciate your time and, and you're ah, not. That's true. You know, that's a, that's yeah. a good advice for me. You know, right. that, that's what mm-hmm. I do right now. I'm always available, always responding, text, email, phone calls. 
But sure. I, yeah, it makes sense because sometimes that's all you end up doing whole day. <laughs> right, right. And you know, there's a lot of people in this business that are just really looking for free lesson. And that's yeah. fine. You know, we yeah. give free education. I'm doing a right. seminar tonight. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> talk for two hours about our business. It's completely right. free. I give you dinner. You know, uh-huh. heck, I mean, we do this every single week here. So oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And it's all free information. And a lot of people just come to learn and that's fine. Yeah. We get that, you know, but um, you do have to pick and choose who you spend. Yeah. Your time I, I'll be there next time for just free dinner. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> no, Maybe I, I need one. to, I need to make a trip to New Jersey soon. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I have another question for you. What's the best advice you would give yourself if you could go back in time? Uh, I would say stick to what we were good at, you know, what we are good at. Um, so Seth and I flipped about 50 houses in our career and we made a lot of money doing mid and low level flips and okay. in inner city areas. And we still have some small flips going on. But then we said, Hey, we're such good house flippers. Why don't we flip million dollar properties? We'll make millions of dollars. So, right. uh, you know, used a lot of the same strategies and contractors <laughs> to renovate high end homes. And uh, I just did not pan out properly, you know, uh, with our yeah. contractors not being able to get the jobs done properly and the quality of work. And you have so much money just in one transaction, right? So you oh, have a God. lot tied into it. Instead, yeah. you know, you could have diversified if you had two of the half a million dollar homes, right? So I think- <laughs> Exactly, you know, and uh, I, I, Seth and I are very good at buying mismanaged properties and improving the management of it. Um, and that's our specialty. So we've okay. always been good at that. Our original business model, you know, 10 years ago said we wanted to get to a thousand units over three years. Okay. Now, wow. That's, we got too bad. That's ambitious. Yeah. It's very ambitious. It wasn't yeah. really realistic because we really didn't have our relationships in place yet. You know? <laughs> so completely ambitious, but we've always been ambitious entrepreneurs. Yeah, and, but why why not aim high, right? If you right, you right. got to aim high to be able to, you know, deliver get to What's some point. Right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. So uh, you know, basically we were able to uh, get to about hundred units in five years, and we realized at that point when we got to hundred units, it's quality over quantity. You know, we were uh-huh. not cash flowing on a lot of the properties. Oh, and really? we were like, why aren't we cash flowing? Well, because they're in class D areas and oh. no one really wants to live there and they're not of good quality uh, properties, you know, so we are always dealing with units getting beat up and stuff. So we learned that if it works really well on paper, if it's class D real estate, it may not make sense. No, you know? so, no, not for a long term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we kind of stopped with class D and now we focus more on class B and class C. Um, and uh, we we, we just got off, you know, we did well wholesaling. We made over a million dollars one year wholesaling, which we oh, wow. contract. Well, that's it, that's you know. pretty high. Yes, yeah, so a lot of that. We did a lot of fix and flips. And this was between like 2014 and 2018. And it was good. It taught us a lot, you know, and we built our connections to kind of fundraise to the level we're at today. Um, but I have to say, as far as like net profits go, you know, flipping is not a great way to make money. No, yeah, because you got to pay taxes. People don't realize. <laughs> taxes, you get net, it's, there's so many moving pieces. It's an, act, and it's an active business. You have to be thoroughly involved day to day, every day. You got to be there, right? It's every a whole day, different, yeah, you got to have yeah. S Corp. I tell people if you are just going to do one or two flips, that's okay. But otherwise, you have to run it as an active business. You got to, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's and transactional. It's so and it's right. all transactional. You got to buy it right as well as sell it right. <laughs> sure, sure. And you got to fix it right. You're really running yeah, a construction that's, business. That's true. You know, you know, it's a shame that HGTV <laughs> says, hey, go flip the house, start your real estate investment career. 
that's like the hardest way to make a buck in real estate. I, They're I, the I, ones who are telling everyone, you know, that flipping is the easiest way to make money. No way. No <laughs> way. It's just the sexiest because you fix up yes. something that's broken. You know? but yeah. it, it's really silly. You know, the easiest buck I ever made in real estate was being a listing agent or uh, owning a building. Yes. Wholesaling you know. or real, yeah, listing agent. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so that was good. But also, when now that we have the management company in place, we start to really cash flow off these properties. So, oh, okay. you know, now that I have my my infrastructure in place properly, um, some of the best investments I ever made are small apartment buildings here in North Jersey. Nice, uh, which we do a lot of now. So it's it's mainly uh, when you mentioned property management company because now you have scalability, right? So instead yeah. of you know you having a one manager for 10 units. Now you, that one manager and the entire team can manage so many units. So yeah, the scalability is so important. Yeah. I mean, Seth and I were flipping about 12 to 14 properties a year. We had all these crazy construction projects going on. We were working like uh, crazy hours and we it's not sustainable, you know, no, and then no. it's hard to find good deals. The resale value is slowing down. So, you know, the most sustainable income is, in my opinion, uh, apartment buildings, residential real estate in yes. good areas. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it's, it's always, there's always going to be a demand, especially here in Jersey. There's really a shortage yes. of houses. So Yeah, it's everywhere. I'm in San Francisco yeah. Bay Area. Same issue eh? all yeah. over the country now, affordable housing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that's awesome. Thank you so much. So let's take a quick break. And after the break, we'll discuss about, well, you know, where do you operate and what's your strategy? You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. Welcome back to Wealth Matters Podcast. I'm chatting with Aaron Fragnito um, regarding why and how partnership works. But I also want to talk about, because he did just mention New Jersey market. And um, I'm from New Jersey as well. I moved to Bay Area about 15 years ago. Uh, and I go, quite, go back quite often because I have family there. So, and, and I never, because uh, I look at properties there. Of course, I look at properties here and there. But I never see that the properties meet 1% rule. So mm. how do you make numbers work in market like New Jersey? Right. And, and I also don't see much appreciation. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but what, you know, some of the areas where I saw like one of my friend has owned a property in not just in really nice part of the town mm -hmm. and he has owned it for 10 years. Um, and he bought it for, I think 650 grand mm -hmm. and it's, it, it's barely 700. Whereas if you had a property 10 years ago in San Francisco Bay area for 650, it would be at least 1.5 to 1.7 million right now. Right. right. So, right. but we don't, we don't have cash flow at all. So mm -hmm. I was always curious, how does markets like New York, New Jersey work when there is no cash flow and maybe there is not enough appreciation? Sure. No, no. Yeah. Well, North Jersey is a huge market. You know, there's so much inventory. There's so That's many different true. types of cities. You know, you can go to Hoboken and yep. Jersey City. And I like Hoboken. <laughs> right. And it's the right. cap rates are like four to three percent. Right. They're all yep. class A real estate. And yep. 20 years ago, that market did not exist in Jersey City. They literally right. created it in the last 20 years. And now you want a good deal in Jersey City, forget it. It's way, way too no. expensive, especially Hoboken. So we made a killing in Newark through the years. We bought around uh, Rutgers University. We bought uh -huh. around, Oh, yeah. That goes amazing. You know, yeah. Rutgers is great. So we bought around there. We bought the downtown area, the Ironbound area. Okay. Really uh, skyrocketed through the years. And right. 
you don't have to necessarily be in those markets to do well. You know, in this uh, Jersey market, you can still cash flow on buildings if you buy right and manage them right. right. Um, but we do not buy class A real estate. We buy really Which makes sense. B, yeah, <laughs> B minus real estate. You know, and um, we just try to reposition a lot of mismanaged properties. But it's really hard to find a good deal. You know, right. we'll do almost ten thousand dollars of marketing per month to worn out wow. landlords, and wow. you know that gets us maybe one deal every three to four months. So, so what's your strategy now? You just mentioned, so mostly I, I'm assuming because you are already a realtor, you don't go through a broker, but you mostly focus on like far, directly connecting with the sellers or the owners, right? We, we try to, but I do have very good broker relationships <laughs> and we're buying a building right now through a broker, you know, okay. I mean, they brought it to us first. There were higher offers on the table. They went with ours because they know us and, okay. um, you know, so I don't care if, if other people are making their commission. That's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, not where my realtor had that. You have to buy paid. it right. It doesn't yeah. matter what others are doing, right? What others exactly. are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a good uh, good system there. But I'd say about half the properties you buy are through brokers. The other half is through direct mail marketing. Um, and uh, it depends on the size of the property, too. The bigger ones tend to be through brokers. The smaller ones tend to be through direct mail marketing. So can you talk about one of your one of your best performing asset right now? How you acquired that asset and what did you do uh, with it to raise rents or whatnot? Sure. Well, um, you know we buy lots of different properties. Uh, I can go over a twenty-five unit we just bought and resold sure. a couple of years ago. My investors made a nice eleven and a half. Yeah, that would be great actually. Where you have closed the cycle, right? So yeah, if you can yeah. talk about that one. <laughs> Right, which is pretty rare. We usually don't sell them. We usually hold on to them long term and okay. refinance out. I'll talk a little bit about that. But basically, we just uh, sold a 25 unit in South Jersey. And one of the reasons we sold is because it was about 90 minutes away. So kind of hard to manage. Right, you know, I, right. We don't go more than an hour, really. Yeah. And secondly, it's not playing off that North Jersey market. You know, So we uh, like to buy in areas that get you into Manhattan in less than an hour. Mm -hmm. And we find that those areas hold their value when the market's right. hot and yeah. the market's down. You know, right. so they're a little more recession. That's a good strategy. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. Exactly. And we did very well in Newark through the years with that strategy. When people were saying, oh my gosh, how are you buying in Newark? There's so much crime, you know. Da -da -da. Yeah, yeah, Newark and, is scary. <laughs> you know, but, now I'm, I'm laughing all the way to the bank, you know. Yeah, but then again, it's path of progress and Newark is central. So, right, you know, you got right. the, uh, yeah, you got the, uh, if I remember, it's uh, what, what the train system is called, the station Metro Park is in Edison and then Newark has the big station, the, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, Penn. yeah, yeah, Penn Station. So you can go to Philly, New York, all over, right? So yeah, yeah. Newark Penn gets you all throughout the, really the country. You can take Amtrak out of there. Oh it's yes, like Amtrak. Yeah, yeah. It's like Penn Station. It's a major yeah. uh, national station. Got so um, yeah, I mean Newark has a lot of potential there. Patterson also has a train station that gets you into Manhattan in less right. than uh, an hour. And we see the Patterson, New Jersey, being the next market that really, oh, really? has the best cap rates. Uh, best so pa ROI. Patterson is close to Lodi and all, right? Is that the market? It's a little. It's up in Bergen okay. County. Yeah, okay. it's about thirty minutes north okay. of Newark, and you know, it, yes. it does. It's been plagued with crime and crooked politicians for years. Oh, really? And, okay. You know, so definitely one of those cities you got to pick and choose where you buy. But there's so much going on in that city. There's about fifteen high-end development going on right oh, now wow. okay they are creating the class a market for high-end you know swimming pool buildings you know uh -huh, uh -huh. creating that right now and so, so yeah it doesn't even exist yet in patterson they're going to create that's that amazing 
You know, yeah, so basically, it's getting gentrified, right? Moving from Newark to yeah, it's it's kind of path of progress, and you want to be in that <laughs> path yeah. of progress to be able to, of course, get cash flow plus appreciation. Right. Yeah, yeah. But in addition to that, you know, we look at a lot of deals. Most of them are not good, so we really try to pick good deals. And then, if you make your money when you buy, and you have really good management of them, as we do, uh, the cash flow comes. You know, we have a lot of different value add strategies and we have tenants lined up out the door to get into our units. That's never a problem. Oh, nice. You know, so the, the rent's strong here as long as you know how to work with the rent control and everything like that. Right. That's awesome. So can you recommend any apps or websites you use for real estate? Well, um, we just created a website called njfixeruppers.com. that has a bunch of uh, fixer-uppers in New oh, Jersey. Okay. So, uh, but I, you know, I mean, I, I, I have LoopNet. Um, I've looked at deals on LoopNet. They're really not. No, you want to no. find a deal in North Jersey. That's where deals go to die, right? That's what yeah, they say. <laughs> LoopNet is where after everything's done, no one wants to do it. Then it's yeah. on LoopNet. <laughs> 100% right. You know, so uh, I mean, you know, there's no, there's no secret. It's hard work. It's looking at a lot of deals. It's answering a lot of leads, doing a lot of marketing, spending right. money on direct mail and taking brokers out to lunch. So they give you the deal first, you know? Right. Oh yeah. But do you use any apps or websites to, let's say, manage your operations, uh, property management, or any sure. other, you know, uh, website to look at, let's say, rent comps or whatnot? Yeah, yeah, we use Appfolio, which okay, is yeah, that's yep. the yeah, almost every property manager, or they yep. use the rent manager or Appfolio. Right, one or the other. Yeah, so I mean, right. it's a little pricey, but it's worth it. It's almost like having a second employee. Right. Uh, you know, we keep a lean shop here. We have one property manager that works with Appfolio to manage about 75 doors right now. Right. And everyone else is an independent contractor. You know, I have right. three virtual assistants, but you know, it's really uh, me, Seth and Lena here running, running the show. And um, we have a number of independent contractors and virtual assistants who help out as well. That's awesome. And any business or real estate book you recommend? Well, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad did inspire me to do right. all this. Uh, and then I read, you know, David Lindahl and Trump University, and they all told me how easy it would be to uh, right. <laughs> develop a real estate investment company. So, uh, but they did explain the basics of it and everything. You know, whatever you do, don't go out and spend $30,000 on some book and CD. That's, yeah. High pressure sales event, you know, do not do that. I meet people all the time that say, and me too. I did, I did have fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> then I spent it on a book and a CD that I could get on eBay for five hundred dollars, right. right. and now I don't have the fifty thousand anymore. You know, can I invest in real? No, you can't. No, you had. Gone, you know? <laughs> I don't start saving again. You know, so those <clears throat> guru sales uh, pitches there, yeah. and I, I highly recommend spending money on education. Right. So, but, but I would go to different conferences, right? So I fly out to so many conferences, but whenever in that conference, they start selling like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm done here. You know, I would yeah. spend a grand and, and make connections in the conference, right? Meet sure. the like-minded people, then, you know, spend 30, 40 grand and then not do anything about it. I just right. met someone and I don't want to take the name of the guru here because uh, I know some of them personally as well. And I'm pretty sure you do. So this person has already spent about 40 grand with the guru uh, three years ago. And I just asked him again, oh, did he buy any multifamily? Nope, nada. 
like you didn't do anything with it, right? So it's well, <laughs> the craziest thing to me is when they spend the thirty to fifty thousand, and then when we sit down to do a session to educate them on the investment opportunity, the, the questions are just complete one on one. No offense, I mean that's fine. You know, we're we're here to educate investors, right? But that's not good. <laughs> You know, but I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to be educated. Right. You should be ready. <laughs> a lot of these guru stuff, it's just such a joke. Right, right. It is. So, yeah, it's, you, so much it's overkill. So yeah. Much and so I tell them, unless you pull the trigger, you are not going to learn. Everything is all theoretical. Let's say if the if a doctor learned about heart surgery in school, and if mm. the doctor does not perform a heart surgery in his entire career, he's not gonna learn any he wouldn't even know how to do right, it. Right. So it's well, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why we developed the learn and earn system because, you know, I give investors all of our documents and our spreadsheets and our contracts and all the stuff we use to analyze the building. That's amazing. Offers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I just give that. It's a whole Not Google everyone file. does that. Yeah. 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 I mean, if they're investing with us, you know, I, I give those that to the investor. And that is for people who are a little more hungry and right, really want right, to just. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want digest. to give it to everyone because most of them don't even look at it, right? So the people right. who really ask, right? So you, when mm -hmm. I was, you know, investing in syndication, I will ask, and most of the time I won't get anything, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then exactly. I said, okay, I got to learn and do on my own, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good system. It's learning. <laughs> a lot of people like that. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, just the last question: How can my listeners reach out to you? Sure. So our website is peoplescapitalgroup.com and uh, we're located here at Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. So uh, we do seminars, we do webinars, we have webinars literally every week. So if you're not local, you can check us out on uh, meetup.com. We have a networking group called New Jersey Real Estate Network. Okay. So uh, New Jersey Real Estate Network has like over 3,500 members. It's a good, nice. um, you know, Rio there online. So if you want to get access to the webinars and whatnot, go check us out there, New Jersey Real Estate Network on meetup.com and our website again is peoplescapitalgroup.com awesome thank you so much aaron and feel better thank you hopefully i will we'll see yeah if you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com it's a l p e s h at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S dot com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.